Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 529 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. Joe and Todd here. I, my mind is all messed up today, Todd. Oh, is it? I had two podcasts release a day ahead of schedule, and then I have another one that released four days late, so I don't know what it, what day it is. Right, right. And in my mind, I keep going, Long Box Heroes? More like Luxembourg Heroes, Joe. Number one with the bullets. So I'm all messed up. So I can, this show is going to be all over the place. I think, you know what? So I think there's some, I, well, let's say, Todd, there's an opportunity going around. Because mm-hmm. another podcast that I listened to recently got an email that they were the top podcast in Iceland. Well, since we're big in Luxembourg, maybe they're big in Iceland. We should, we should get together and take over, like, you know, that north that that european nation man yeah they're west coast time we're east coast time i don't think we can get things to line up oh that's fine but hey carlos is a good guy he knows what he's talking about Ooh, carlos <laughs> is he gonna teach you the mambo <laughs> i cracked up when you said that i was like oh my god i get this reference i right. feel like captain american avengers <sighs> see it's, it's just a reference to Artie lang but Artie Lang is making a reference to the honeymooners. So, oh, okay. See, I'm doing the legit one. You're doing the long, the the long about way to do it. So, right. There's an extra step in there, but we're still getting to the same destination, right? Right. Seven. About how many steps to honeymooners? Like the Kevin Bacon game. (laughs) So, hey, listen, we got news this week, and it's almost all DC, (laughs) and it's almost mostly bad. Oh boy. Uh, we, uh, have, of course, uh, digital books and sales again, of course, we're into the throes of the holiday season. So they're going to be pushing a lot of digital stuff and sales there. Uh, what we read this past week, which was the punchline special, what we're looking forward to coming out this week, uh, Todd's art attack, a push for the Patreon poll and, uh, discussion of the, third episode of season two of the Mandalorian. I believe that what it is. I'm getting thrown off because I feel like we're already on like episode seven, but anyway. Yes, yes. So, hey, let's start off with some non-DC stuff, okay? Okay. Uh, so Diamond uh, has recently decided, uh, made the decision that they are changing the type of bag and board that they're using. There you go. I'm only saying board for you and we'll get into that. Uh, Mm -hmm. on patreon in the near future (laughs) uh but they were using two different companies uh comic care and comic defense system now they are strictly going with comic care right i don't know why this is a thing but uh, apparently uh some people are upset about it because they're more used to the comic defense system whatever Right, but from what I gather from like the information that we read is that they were the same bags and boards, but uh, just marketed with two different yes. names. Right, so, and that's the part that makes it confusing. Like, why would this company essentially sell the same product under two different labels? 
maybe you know someone had an exclusive right and they were like oh uh, I, this is all speculation. Maybe somebody had an exclusive right, and they're like, "Oh, we could sell to these other distributors, but we just have to use a different name." You know what I mean? I, right. I, I so don't... now, when when uh, when Diamond decides, like, "Okay, we're going to use this one, but not the other one, which is actually the same one," it causes people to be upset. Right. The only you know what makes me happy though, Joe, is uh-huh. I, I would get bags and board, and I would always get comic care. So my brand won out, so nothing's going to change for me, even though it wouldn't have changed if they went with the other name. So it, as as mad as those people are, I'm happy that I get my comics care. Three mil, like, and I'll say this to anybody who's listening out there, if you want a gift for life to give to your comic book, you know, family, you know, or relatives or whatever, friends, find out their brand of you know of like bags boards boxes whatever and you will have a present for life because i don't know if you know this uh comic fans could always use extra bags boards and boxes man always always there's never enough space oh there isn't i'm thinking of putting another wing on casa de roker you know what you should do todd Mm. this is a joke for one person but it's worth it um, you should, instead of buying a storage place, Todd, you should buy a separate apartment Ooh. that you could keep all your comic stuff in so I that you can that. give tours of your comic book stuff at the apartment. And then when you're ready to downsize, you have some real estate that you've invested in. Ah, I can actually do that without investing in anything. There you and, go. Or I was thinking about just getting some detolfs and laying them on their side and just piling my comics on them. That's a different guy doing that sort of thing. Yes. But uh, so uh, DC news. I know we had a, a round of layoffs about three months ago or so. Um, but it appears as though the uh, layoffs have hit the West Coast finally. Mm-hmm. Three hour delay, a three month delay, whatever it is. But they're letting go a lot of people, a lot of editors uh, that have been with the company you know, some 26 years in some cases, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just stinks that they're letting people go uh, during these times, but I don't know, maybe there's reasons for that. I don't know. I'm upset by one personally. Okay. Uh, the Fletcher Triang, I don't know how to say his last name, I apologize. Sure. But he was the one who was always at the New York comic con that I always went to, he was the guy who like, you know, set things up and he was the one who was always dealing with the talent. So you can meet them at the DC booth and, and all that. When they took the, this this is honest to God, where I always said it all. I all, I knew DC was going in the wrong direction was when Marvel and DC used to have booths, the same size on the New York comic con floor, the main floor, And then one day, like, DC was like, oh, we're not on the main floor anymore. We're special. We're going to be out in the veranda where there's more room away from the hustle and the bustle. And that's better. And I went, that logic doesn't work for me. Yes, there is more room out there. And I can go out there without being trounced. But most people don't even know you're over there. Everybody's out on the main floor unless you're looking for like, oh, someone's signing at the DC booth or they're doing sketches or, you know, I want to run over there. That's it. That's the only reason. And that to me was the the downturn. And I'm going to miss that because he'd be there wandering around talking to fans and 
dealing with the creators and all that stuff and makes me wonder what kind of future DC is going to have, you know, at these, at these big comic cons now. Right. So well, obviously that's a big part of it is, um, cause I forget what his title was. As you mentioned, he's always at the conventions. Um, but he was like the events director or, you know, right. an executive, blah, 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 but events director. So, if there's not going to be comic cons anytime soon, then like what's, you know, really he going to be doing as part of his job. Right. Right. But I mean, there's going to be cons again someday. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, any day now. So Mm -hmm. maybe they'll uh, hire him back after things change. Yeah. But obviously with all of these additional layoffs coming around, there was even more, Rumor and discussion, something that you and I have actually talked about off mic, right? Okay. Um, and now, you know, it's out there on the dirt sheets, if you will, um, that there is discussion that DC is going to be uh, limiting and quote unquote abandoning comic book shops and comic cons themselves. Right. Um, obviously, with there being no comic cons, it's easy to speculate that. Off mic, we've talked at length about the prospects of DC going to this model of doing a, like, not weekly floppy comic book, but just doing everything digitally and then maybe doing trades, collections, hardcover, whatever to bookstores and other retailers like that. Right. And being like centric to the most popular characters and blah, 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 like lots in it. And I mean, you've, we've talked about it. We have the, the bassist constantly like text me with anytime there's news about it. He's like, here, this is, this is where I, I've seen it going for, you know, the longest time. I, I mean, I don't know if it's true, but oof, you know, it gets, it gets me a little more scared every day, Joe. Right. So I, I could easily say this, you know, um, I always said that it would not be in our lifetime that this would happen to any company, right? Right. And DC has made a lot of bold moves in the last several months. Mm -hmm. I can't see this being something that they can do overnight. This is something that would take, on the short end, three months worth of planning. On the long end, who knows how many months of planning. But, Joe, there's those two months of, you know, books, the future state. So do they roll out future state and then just in March, there's just no more physical like single issues. I can't see that happening. I, I, but once again, see, it's hard. It's hard as an old timer to visualize world like a DC without actual comics. If you know what I mean? So I I, literally, if that was their plan, I guess it is. I guess technically it is feasible. I just can't wrap my skull around it. So every time you ask me, I'm going to say no. It's it it's impossible. So and that that's the only reason it's impossible is because my brain can't figure it out. Here's what I'm thinking it is going to be. Mm-hmm. It's not that DC is going to abandon Comic Cons, of course, because there are no Comic Cons currently in the near future. Right. I can't see DC abandoning brick-and-mortar, local stores, whatever. Mm -hmm. I could see them cutting down their presence there. But not so much as cutting down their presence. They're not going to do 
any less to the local stores, but they're not going to do any more to the local stores. And I think we already saw a little bit of that with Batman Day being like a nothing. Yep. Essentially just saying, like, here's some things that you could download and maybe go talk to Diamond to see if they have any stuff left over from last year. Right, we'll send you some masks that we found on the back of the truck. Right. What I think is going to happen is DC is going to triple, if not quadruple efforts to try to get new business into digital. If that means getting people who get physical over to digital as well, and then digital only, that's probably more what the long-term goal is. That's the long-term goal for every publishing company. Right. Now, see, that's the thing on that end. I don't see Marvel doing this, and I don't see Image doing this, I don't see Dark Horse doing this, and I can go right down the line. But obviously with DC turning DC Universe into DC Unlimited at the beginning of the new year, I just see this kind of being the push for that. I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be maybe some sort of tier once this rolls out that says, okay, you subscribe to it at the bare minimum, you know, bottom of the barrel line of it. You're going to get like old books. Next tier up is, yeah, you're going to get the newer books like six months behind. And didn't Marvel just recently change it to like four? We did. We talked about it in the news. I want to say it was two. Okay, it was it was something shorter. Like they definitely Marvel kind of just lessened that up a little bit, right? Right, right. Um, but I could see DC throwing a tier in there that says if you pay this higher end tier, you get everything day and date as part of your subscription. Okay. And at least that's an incentive for people to sign up for this service to get those books digitally. Like you're not going to get like individual books digitally. You're not going to get some sort of PDF or some sort of other thing. It's like, you need this DC app to view these comics day and date at the high premium buy-in. And they're just going to like triple and quadruple their efforts to try to push people to that. As opposed to kind of spreading things out and saying like, okay, let's boost digital, but also let's help out the local stores. Okay. I I think um like that that's all like I, I don't know on all that. The only thing that's rattling around my brain is going back to the con stuff. Like you said that they that will they have a presence on the floor um because I have no no idea like I said on the distribution stuff and going to, directly to digital. Um that I could see them because they're going to have HBO Max and other stuff of movies and whatever at these cons that they'll they'll have their little thing at the table for both New York and San Diego for the big shows like obviously because you're going to push your Batman movies and your whatever DC movies and your TV shows so they can do something at those tables but uh in the grander scheme like they would have like a DC booth at uh, Philadelphia Comic Con where it'd be like, all right, you could just get some of our exclusive comics for this show. Like that'll go away. I don't know. I just, I just feel like DC is just a mess right now. I mean, like this is no new news or anything like that, but just that AT&T Warner Brother merger. I, I don't know. Joe. I just don't know on the future. And I know everybody's supposed to have a hot take or an opinion in this crazy podcast biz, but I, I, 
I'm riding it out. I'm surfing the wave, Joe, and I don't know what to do about it. So what what I'll say there is, so I don't think DC is going to abandon Comic-Cons either. And obviously, you know, I've said several times, there are no Comic-Cons right now, so everyone's abandoned Comic-Cons, right? Right. So I don't think you're going to get your writers and your artists at conventions. Mm -hmm. But I think at your bigger conventions, like you mentioned, I think Philadelphia being the bottom of the big and going up to New York, Chicago, San Diego, Emerald City, maybe South by Southwest, if that counts. Mm -hmm. But you're going to see more of a movie and TV presence at those and less of a actual comic book writer and artist presence. I agree because they're not going to want to fly their their creators out to these towns. New York and San Diego, different story because right. you know when you do unveil that Green Lantern TV show for HBO Max, you're going to want to have some of those writers there as as the quirk. You're going to want the actors and the stars and everything, but as a quirky little thing. Hey, and also let's give a round of applause to the people who write the comics. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's it. And you can have them at the booth, and it does. Promote because you're gonna have the, the fans there anyway but like i say like dc blows my mind that they don't have a booth that's at baltimore every year yep. why don't they you know like that's 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 tier two right there man almost tier one for comic cons and, and they don't and even before all this went crazy like with them cutting space at cons they didn't have it at baltimore dc just like marketing wise just always seems like a step behind unless it's batman you know Oh, where have I heard this all before? But I don't think physical comic books at your local retailer from DC or any company are going away anytime soon. And I'll say at least within the next 20 to 30 years. We'll revisit it then. I'm going to say it's going to be before that, but not, you know, that's a good, that's a good number. So, yeah, I just, I like I said, I just see it being a harder push to get people to sign up for DC unlimited at the beginning of the new year. I just see less titles from DC and less variety, but that's about it. But anyway, more on that tomorrow on the website, everyone, Mm -hmm. another uh, edition of Rob's for recaps. will go up kind of covering some of this stuff, Mm -hmm. but Hey, maybe the reason DC is getting out of the print comic book business is because they don't know how to make hardcovers or omnibuses anymore. What? So uh, there was a, was it a box set of Blackest Day, Brightest Night that DC had ready to go in stores this week that they had to recall? Reverse that, but yes. What was that? Brightest Day, Blackest Night. Not Blackest Night, Blackest Day, Brightest Night. That was the, that was the, the Homelander movie and the boys. Oh my goodness. Um, but yes, yeah, so uh, UCS, the DC, the the DC Comics distributor, recalled all of these due to a potential faulty glue binding <laughs> that may cause fall apart. <laughs> Nothing like a magnet box TV, yeah, with the uh, outer wood casing shell to prevent fall apart. I think Sorny had that too, but anyway. Oh, okay. I thought it was just the magnet box that had those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but this is like how many times that we've seen like some sort of DC hardcover collection or something just be 
just a huge mistake. I mean, and I love these box sets because I almost bought a few from uh, Marvel, who you know, who does these right, if you will. Like, they'll be like, here's our, you know, Infinity whatever. And it's Infinity Gauntlet, Crusade, and and, and all the and all the one-shots and all the, tra- all the trades, and they're put in there. And the, you know, the spines make beautiful, like, artwork and, and everything. And DC's over here. Can I interest you in an omnibus with almost all the pages and or word balloons? And it's like I I I don't I don't know who who still has a job. It well I guess nobody because they dropped a lot of people. Oh. I, I can't I I can't figure it out how you know heads didn't roll sooner. And it makes me every time like there's a there's a big hardcover or omnibus in the DC previews. I'm just like. All right, let's roll the dice and see what happens. And that DC just does not care. Like this one, they actually caught before I guess it got to the people. Because if these had gone home and fell apart, they would. I think they all would have been like, "Well, you're out of luck." You know, like those Omnibuy without with no word balloons. You're out of luck. Just 125 dollars. Enjoy your product. So the thing with these DC issues is, it's never the same thing twice. (laughs) Yep. As soon as they fix something, something else breaks. Right. And it's just mind boggling, man. (sighs) I know I'm going to stay glued to this story to see where it goes. Stop it. (laughs) I'm, I still have my eyes peeled for a resolicitation of, uh, inferior five. And, uh, what's his face's comic book. Let me actually check on that while we're talking. Inferior five. What about his comic? Uh, Inferior Five hasn't been resolicited. Like when comics went on a hiatus over the spring, mm-hmm. and everything kind of sort of came back, except for this. Right. Well, Salty Keith was having. Well, we don't know that. Jeff Lemire said it was one of the creators, <laughs> and since there was only two on that book, I'm gonna I'm gonna put on my detective comics hat and say it was Salty Keith. But we don't know. We don't know. And I will say that uh, Spider-Man 5 by J.J. Abrams' kid, allegedly, is still on the list for the 9th of December. Oh, boy. And that's the last issue, right? That's the last issue, Todd. All right. I'm going to say, if uh, how many weeks out is that? Because I, we always know when you get to two to three weeks. It's, if, three weeks to, it's three weeks as of this episode dropping. Ooh, I think that's going to come out, Joe. No, so, okay, so next week, we'll know if it's on the early list, okay? Mm-hmm. And then the week after that is like, so it's like that, well, see, it might be delayed because of the holiday, but, like, we'll know if it's being delayed by the 27th. Well, here's the thing. Because the early, the early list that comes out on Friday for, like, two weeks becomes a more set-in-stone list that Friday. Right. And uh, if a lot of stuff, because what, Christmas and New Christmas, even Christmas on a Thursday and a Friday this year, right? Yes. Then that won't mess up. They'll probably just have books because they'll show up on Tuesday for Wednesday sale, I think. Um, Well, then you're right with like crazy shipping and stuff like that. I know that's happened before. But I do think if we don't hear about it being... Because uh, that we usually don't get to the lists. We always get a news site saying that it's been pushed back, like just before that second, 
that sec that second week before it comes out. You know what I mean? That's the way it was always was with uh, uh, Doomsday Clock and a couple other books. Next Wednesday, we'll definitely know at three weeks out, two weeks out. I and again, I would say it won't be next Wednesday. It'll be next Friday when that temporary list becomes more concrete. But that's the the list is regardless. It's usually they know that the book hasn't sh- hasn't left the printers or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. Which now I'm just arguing semantics, which is my favorite thing to do. But anyway. But you got to have some of that peacemaker stuff out for the new Suicide Squad movie, Joe, and the TV they're, show that's coming. They're filming as we speak. You know. That's right. They got the you smell bad guy. You know. Doing his doing his PR shots. Yeah, him and Jimmy Pistol working together. That's right. Never thought I'd see the day, but here we are. That seems right. The guy who co-wrote Lloyd Kaufman's trauma books <laughs> and Tromeo and Juliet <laughs> should be should be uh, collaborating on film projects with our century's Hulk Hogan. Oh, see, I thought John Cena wrote all those. And if Jimmy only. Pistol was our generation's Hulk Hogan. If only. All right. So, uh, hey, soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com. Anytime any of the shows in the soon to be named network go live, sure, you could get them off a podcatcher from their direct sites, of course. But wouldn't you want to be able to get Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark? Uh, Profane Arguments, Puzzle Warriors 3, Final Wrestling Place, Wednesday Night War, and At Odds with Wrestling all together in one place, one confined location. And even further still, when the people from those shows go on other shows, they're all in the same place as well. Doesn't that just make your life easier? Yes, it does. So head over to soontobenamednetwork.com, soontobenamednetwork.tumblr.com for all of these things. And uh, I, I don't plug Porch Talk because Porch Talk plugs itself. <laughs> yes, it it's, does. It's the podcast that needs no advertising because it speaks for itself. It's Some would say it's the E.F. Hutton of comic book podcasts. I'm listening. <laughs> you're the only one. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, hey, while you're over there in the show notes, of course, be sure to check out uh, links to our local comic book shop, Comics on the Green. Uh, If you are in the greater Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, or northeastern Pennsylvania area, I highly recommend using them as your comic book location. Uh, And even if you're not and you don't have a good comic shop in your location, they do a brisk mail order business. Uh, Tell Dave Todd sent you. I'm not (laughs) sure about telling him I sent you. Tell him Joe sent you. He, he, you know, loves talking wrestling with you. Oh, that's right. Loves talking the wrestling and the Rob, two unrelated topics. Maybe he'll do your he'll do his uh, impression wrestling impressions for you too if you're lucky. Uh, also, go check out our friend Becky's uh, Instagram. She puts up a lot of the art that she does uh, in and around the world of comic books. I'll have to press her next time I see her on her secret project that she was working on. Yes, I haven't heard anything about that. So It's been about a month, so we'll see how that's coming along, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, digital books and sales, if you are so inclined. Uh, a lot of stuff held over from the last couple weeks. 
uh, image with their sale on science fiction related stuff, uh, broadswords, tarot, witch of the black rose stuff, Marvel, Miles Morales, uh, Titan having Doctor Who stuff on sale. New stuff added to the list is Marvel having a sale on Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, which hmm. as an Amazing Spider-Man fan, I'm not really sure what that is. I couldn't tell you. It's not ringing a bell. Oh, it's like some sort of weird alternate reality gimmick where uh, Peter and Mary Jane stayed together and they had a little girl and the little girl had spider powers. Spider girl from the M2? No, this is yet a different spider girl. <sighs> so many spiders, I can't keep count. Exactly. Uh, Dynamite is having a sale on the first volumes of a bunch of the stuff that they have collected. Marvel's also having another sale on Luke Cage-related stuff. DC is having a Road to Black Friday sale ahead of their Black Friday sale, which I think is going to look very similar to their Road to Black <laughs> Friday sale. Um, I don't know. And some guy at the, the at where they sell them is just like, just all you have to do is chop off Road 2 when we get to Black Friday, and boom, we have a different sale. Yeah. This one looks like kind of just like a mishmash of like 500 different books that are on sale. A lot of more recent stuff. And if I was to be a betting man, I'm sure Dark Knight Returns <laughs> and Batman Year One are in there. I think they have to be by law because they missed a couple weeks, of course. Right, I think yep. I no. So Batman Dark Knight Returns not in the sale. Look at me. Oh my goodness! What have kind they of... finally caught on not to have that on sale, and maybe they'll just have that on sale forever? I, I don't know what the thinking is at DC, as we've discussed earlier. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, what else? Uh, Dark Horse is having a sale on stuff involving The Witcher, which I don't know what that is. Is it a video game? Uh, I think it is a video game and or a Netflix TV show with uh, a mustacheless Superman. Oh, okay. I know him. I only recognize him when he has a mustache and it's CGI removed. Oh, it's my favorite Superman. And Valiant is having a best of Valiant sale. And it's a lot of the stuff from their most... Re it looks like it's pretty much everything since their most recent relaunch uh, a couple years back, whenever that was. Uh, 2012? 2013, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, it looks like just all that stuff is on sale. So, hey, all the links to those will be in the show notes here as well, accompanying this episode and every episode of the podcast, if you get your shows that way. Let's get into what we read from this past week. And the only thing that we crossed over on was the Punchline Special. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I'm almost certain that this was written by James Tinian. I believe it was. Right. And this is one of those things where, like, D if DC is going to go away from doing print comics, Todd, they need to have a website that <laughs> illustrates what's going on a little bit better. What? Because it says that the writer of this is Sam Johns. Well, he's on the cover. Okay. I don't know what he wrote. So, well, inside the book it says written by James Tinian and Sam Johns. So, okay. So only Sam's Sam Johns is credited on the website. Then I think Sam Johns just wrote it. All right. So this is more of the backstory of Punchline. Is she innocent or is she guilty? 
Is she complicit in the Joker's crime? I know how I'll find this out. I'll go back and I'll listen to all of her old podcasts. Mm hmm. So, yes, like we find out the history of like Punchline. No, well, actually, it's a parcel of, you know, the, the origin of Punchline because it seems like they've been, you know, parceling it out. Uh, and we get a little bit more like the first time she ever met the Joker because we had that in the one shots and stuff like that was like, oh, here's her trying her toxin for the like one of the times that seems to have worked and stuff like that. But I honestly, in all of this, it seems like this was a story about is Punchline uh, fit to to stand trial or is she insane? And Punchline has a plan that she wants to be fit to go to trial because she has some plan and that this book really has nothing to do with that. It's more of to bring back Harper Rowe and her brother Colin Rowe and Harper Rowe is also known as Bluebird in, in the comics, two characters that I had completely forgot about from Scott Snyder's run. I don't know where they've been, but it just seems like that they're probably going to be a bigger part of Tinian's, uh, overall plan and this was a way to bring them back in more it was than to tell anything about punchline as far as i'm concerned what do you think i'm with you i think they missed something by not because there's you know so we had a week or two ago with um donny cates's crossover right where there Mm -hmm. was a billboard that had a website on it and you go there and there was a surprise I don't know if you went there. I did not go there. Okay. So in this, they give a URL for a for a a website where Punchline's podcast is, where she's doing this investigation about her origins with the Joker and trying to figure the Joker out, you know? Mm-hmm. And obviously this is a trope that everyone in comics is going to do. They're going to be the one that figures out the Joker, and they never are, right? Right. But I think it would have just been a cool little marketing thing you know, Mr. We're Digital Only Comic Company. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm leaning into it, Todd, okay? hmm That they should have just had, like, something. Snippets? Right? Something. Maybe even if they just did one, and, like, the rest were, like, all broken links that took you to a thing, to, thing that said, like, this has been removed by the Gotham whatever, 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 right? hmm But maybe, like, one or two of them were. And you just have someone around the office record something. Even if you maybe recorded the snippets that are in the book of her podcast. Exactly. And give voice to Punchline. Yes. I uh, so I, I think that would have been fun. hmm But I liked it, you know? Um, I thought this was good. Um, I thought this was interesting to see how her manipulation goes differently than someone like the Joker or someone else goes. Mm -hmm. And obviously I think this kind of convinces us that maybe she may not have been complicit in the Joker's crimes, but she was certainly complicit in her own crimes. I don't know. I think she, I mean, just from the stuff that we saw, she's 100% totally complicit in the, the Joker's crimes, but sure. I, I don't know. I just, like I said, I, I, I found it interesting that we do get more punchline, but I do think a lot of this story was to drive a wedge 
between Harper and Cullen. Like there's something gonna gonna happen there, and I'm almost wondering if Cullen's going to become a a punchline acolyte or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, and so like we could have a little more angst in a bat character's life. Like, Oh my God, my brother, you know, went to the other team and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I'm just, I, I, sli- I probably liked it slightly less than you. I've been loving all the Tinian stuff, but like I said, I just feel like this was to get a, a, a lot more ideas out into the ether. And then we're going to pick them up later. And, that's great, but it just seems like we've had a lot of those where we could have put them all in one book instead of me buying 17 Batman books. But marketing, what do I know, you know? So this definitely feels like something that could have been like the A story in an annual, let's say. Yeah. Um, but I think... I know you're talking about marketing. I definitely think this is DC attempting to strengthen that punchline brand because right. I can't see her appearing in a Batman book for minimally six months. I don't know because I have a feeling that we're gonna we're gonna get to this pretty fast. Punchline well, it's, plan. It's it's gonna be at least not until because the current story arc just started more or less with two issues in right. Mm-hmm. We got two more, you know, and again, I say two issues of it because two issues come out a month. Mm-hmm. But we got another issue this week. We got two issues in, De- in December, no issue in January, no issue in February. And then Ooh, I'm assuming okay. if the story's not wrapped up by the December issue, the soonest we'll see this get touched again upon is March. I honestly think that they will, they will go, they will not go into future state with that. Uh, what's the monster? I can't think of what the character, the new character's name is in Batman. That story will wrap up in before future state. I don't think they'll leave that hanging. Sure. And, and then when we come back from future state, we're going right in. Like it's been a rough year for sales uh, overall. So they're going to go right back into this Joker Bane thing that they've been teasing and, and punchline's going to come into that somehow. Right. Uh, Ghost Maker, by the way. Ghost Maker. I was thinking Monster Maker, but that was uh, a different storyline from back in uh, early days of Batman. Right. But like I said, I like this. I just, you know, I, I'm just curious as to when we're going to hit this again. You know, I, I just feel it's going to be a while. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised I liked it more than you do. I think you've been more on the, uh, um, Joker's daughter done right trained more than I have been, you know? Right. And I'm going to come back around and say, I just think leaving a lot hanging, like I would have liked at least more of an ending than, Hey, look forward to 2021. Then I would have been more on it. Like you said, you know, Mm -hmm. but I gotcha. So again, it was a light uh, week for what we both read together. So let's see how things are going to line up for uh, this week. Mm -hmm. As if you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday around noon Eastern time, we put up the pull post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is that you get your books, uh, be forewarned, be forearmed, know it's coming out. Um, No joke here. We do attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Todd is in the lead with two correct guesses over me. Uh, I'm looking at your list. Stroking my chin to see what you'll be getting. Hmm. 
Could the book you're looking forward to coming out this week be Immortal Hulk number 40? It is Immortal Hulk number 40. All right. Is the book you are also looking forward to Immortal Hulk number 40? Of course. It's a, week without, it's a week without Saga or some sort of like Jason Aaron project, so mm-hmm. Immortal Hulk it is. What is Bar- Barbalian Red Planet? Uh, it is a uh, Black Hammer miniseries. That's what I thought. I should have asked beforehand, but like you said, it wasn't a Saga week, so... It was yeah, they've, he, um, you know, Lemire's schedule is kind of all messed up with the, the main book. Um, there was a one shot that ended up getting can't not canceled, of course, but like postponed. Um, then there was like Skull Boy and or Skull Man and Skeleton Boy that was going on, and that got delayed because like the last couple issues of it were supposed to come out during March and April. And then there's like this one and Cosmo Cosmo Weird. I forget how to pronounce it. Hmm. So it's like it ends up. It was supposed to be like a miniseries leading into a miniseries into a miniseries. Right. That ends up to be like three miniseries is like all kind of overlapping with each other. Okay. Yeah. I never got into the Black Hammer stuff. Oh, and then when it exploded, um, that's what, what I've always heard. But then when it exploded, I think we discussed this before too, is I was like, oh, there's too much now, you know, like. And, and I'll be honest with you, there definitely is too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very much. Um, it has the feel of an Astro City to me. Okay. Not in the kind of everyman look at things, but where you have like all these different pastiches and different angles and takes on, uh, you know, it's very DC centric, right? It's very right. justice centric with a lot of the characters and stuff. And it kind of makes a lot of your favorite DC characters much more tragic <laughs> than they possibly could already be, you know? I don't know. I think Tom King's doing pretty good. Um, no, this is different. This, this just feels different, you know. Right. Uh, but it's 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 still really good, and I think they just announced that they're doing like an eight issue anthology thing in the beginning of the new year. That they're going to go a bunch of like different writers to do takes on different characters and stuff on. Mm-hmm. And it's like the second or third comic book project that Patton Oswalt is doing. Right. So I'm a Patton Oswalt fan, so I'm very in- intrigued and curious to see how that's going to go. Are you a Patton Oswalt apologist or an understander? No, I'm a fan. I'm I'm an unabashed Patton Oswalt fan. I think Patton Oswalt is very funny, and uh, he's you know m- not unlike Todd Browning's The Freaks. He is uh, one of us. I feel. Oh boy, that I know that makes me sad. But anyway, not cross that movie off the list. What? <laughs> Anyway, imagine. while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out everything else that Todd and I have done together, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, the 2017 smash sensation Todd and Joe have issues, which I'm going to pitch you to do something in the coming year. But again, the only thing that's preventing it from happening is my busy schedule. I know. You have all these ideas and no time to do them. I have time I have time to tell other people to do things. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes into me doing them. Right. You know, as I mentioned at the top of the show, with like two podcasts coming out a day early, one podcast coming out four days late, 
it kind of like freed up some time. So that's why I was able to get like previewing, previewing the past out like <laughs> four days early. Right. And then I keep rattling around my head because we're closing in on Tom King's Batman Catwoman that yep. I haven't seen Mask of the Phantasm. And we keep like, we're always like, oh, maybe we'll do something about like me watching that before that happens. You know what I mean? Right. But I don't know if we'll get to it at the rate we're going. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll have to watch it on my own so I can know what's going on. Uh, so uh, also you could check out our little link there for the store where you can purchase shirts and stickers and pins with our fancy logo on them. If you want even more fancy items with even more fancy logos on them, you can head over to our T Public store that has the convenient link, tinyurl.com <laughs> slash longboxheroes which is our cheap public store. Everything I think is 35% off for the next three days. And then they haven't announced what their black Friday sale is, but I'm sure it'll be 35% off everything. Hopefully need a onesie <laughs> or a throw pillow or a cell phone cover or a tablet or a something with a fish math logo on it. Oh, if only they sold like a calculator that you could get the fish math cover, uh, cover that when you added it all up, it just was a picture of a fish. Buttons make fish noises when you push them. That would be fantastic. But I would probably flounder using it. No. No? Yes? So you could also help us out by signing up for our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You can get two extra shows a month from Todd <laughs> and I. One covering previews catalog 30 years ago to the month. We're getting ready to record November's this weekend. And you could also hear us discuss the films of Mel Brooks. We're getting to the very end of that, the 12th and final, well, the 11th and final film. Uh, we threw something extra in there in the middle of the uh, chronology is going to be recorded next month. And then whether you're a patron or not, as long as you have a Patreon account, you can go over to Patreon and vote on what our movie project thing is going to be i did throw it at the end of last week's after dark if you are so inclined to check that out make your voices heard um you know exactly signing up costs you nothing but you know to for a patreon account you could vote and if you like the idea then you know join up with the band that's all i can say that's right uh, another way that you could help us out as the holiday season approaches is by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click-through at the top of the page. does not cost you anything extra. They call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the money. Yeah. Some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include... The Children's Book and Elephant and Piggy Biggie, Volume 3 by mo willems i'm uh I, i'm aware of mo willems from his younger kids book about a pigeon who gets in a lot of trouble these were fun enjoyable books to read with my child a when he was younger and b when he liked reading you have to get your kid to read man comics and whatnot i'm trying man we've got like books on minecraft and so forth he's more of a math kid you know but well that's good. You'll be rich someday. Uh, I don't know. We'll be something someday. Mm -hmm. uh, other notable purchases. Somebody purchased a 2021 Peanuts day-to-day -day calendar. Boy, I haven't had a good day-to-day -day calendar in a long time. 
I haven't had a good day in a long time. Thank goodness. Uh, somebody also purchased a Seagate portable four terabyte external hard drive. And Todd, on my list of things that I love, there's nothing I love more, and I'm not even joking around, is than computer storage. Oh, I love having extra storage. Yes. Uh, somebody also purchased Idahoan roasted garlic mashed potatoes. One of these are the mix, which not a fan of, you know, to each their own. But my kid loves these ones. Uh, somebody's purchased these ones before. And uh, these are the ones that my dad makes when we go up for dinner uh, once a week. Mm-hmm. And if my kid knew that they were garlic mashed potatoes, he wouldn't stop eating them. So we have to, like, kick my dad under the table when he's about to say the word garlic in front of him. Well, he, he wouldn't stop? No, he loves them. He'll, like, my dad will make, like, the whole pot out of the box, you know, or, like, two boxes or whatever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. And my kid would eat the whole thing. But okay. if we said to them that they are garlic mashed potatoes, he'd be like, oh, these are disgusting. Ah, okay. I get what you're saying now. Yes. Uh, Somebody purchased uh, Cozy brand portable storage cubes. 30 cubes uh, measuring 14 by 14 each. Uh, This seems like a more efficient way to store and showcase any sort of items that you would want. At least a little bit more efficient than driving three hours to pick up (laughs) something that you don't even put together. That's right. Uh, somebody also purchased the Star Wars Retro Collection three and a uh, three and three quarter inch toy of the Mandalorian, and uh, every time I see these uh, figures, Todd, from this <laughs> new line of Star Wars figures that they're doing, I get real itchy. You, you got to start a collection, man. Uh, I, I, Todd, I get real itchy, man. But I just think to myself, I'm like, I don't need to do that. I'll sleep instead. Oh, then you have to drive two hours to get a shelf to to put them no. on. And somebody also purchased Sharpie permanent markers with a chisel tip and Sharpie extreme permanent markers. Oh, attention deficit markers. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Do you ever wonder if maybe some like comic creators could get an exclusive to sign their comics with Sharpies? You think so? I think that's an idea. You know, I remember the last time that we made this joke, Sharpie's uh, social media account was dead, but they have reinvigorated it re- within the last several months. Sure, well, they have extreme permanent markers now. Hmm. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, you know what? Because I remember for the longest time, it was like a dead social media account where like nothing was doing on it. Mm-hmm. Like most like lesser accounts, man. I mean, Lamborghini isn't doing anything with their account, I hear. <laughs> Sadly, though, a lot of the Sharpie account mm-hmm. is them responding to people <laughs> complaining about their inferior products. Well, Lamborghinis are the Sharpies of cars. So. Uh, your highlighter doesn't work. <laughs> well, you this do that so you don't re- You know, you highlight stuff so you don't read it, Joe. Well, there's one guy I know who does that. <laughs> right. So, yeah, thank you to anyone and everyone who purchased anyone this week or ever through our Amazon click-through. And maybe I should reach out. I'm going to reach out to whoever make if, – if Sharpie makes paint pens, maybe I'll reach out to them for some of those. I do believe they do. All right. Uh, so, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? We did from Rebecca's art. We got a fancy magical girl, which is unlike a fancy gentleman. 
um, by Rebecca, which is a nice, uh, interesting look. It kind of reminds me a little bit of like the big eyed frozen characters, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But she has like a hairdo that makes her look like a unicorn. Um, I'm wondering if they're going to add more color because they just added color to the face, but it looks really nice, like a minimalist thing everywhere else. But uh, I really in, in, enjoy this uh, unicorn woman type piece that I call a la Frozen. Now, I'll say this. Is that her hair being into the shape of a unicorn horn or does she have a unicorn horn that she's wrapping her hair around? That is a good question. I had not thought of it that way. Yeah, that was my immediate thought. It's like one of those things. Is it like a duck or is this like a man walking backwards or whatever it is? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. You ever see like it'll be like a shadow thing. It's like, oh, what do you see when you look at this? Is it an, is it like Abraham Lincoln or is it an old lady sitting or something like that? Right. Is it a beautiful woman and or, or an old woman wearing a babushka? Right. Exactly. So. Uh, and I want to also mention, of course, a uh, friend of the show, longtime listener of the show, Jeremy Dennis. Mm-hmm. Uh, yakko.org and that O in there is a zero uh, <laughs> kind of one of the signal boost uh, something that Andrew Griffin is doing he's done work on a lot of IDW books uh, a lot of the, the Hasbro property stuff uh, Transformers, G.I. Joe Gem, etc, etc uh, he has opened up his commissions to help uh, a friend in need uh, who uh, you know is going through a rough stretch right now Right. So uh, that was there. Uh, his uh, link is glovestudios.blogspot.com. Uh, if you want to go ahead and get on the commission list and see some of the stuff that he did and has done. And, you know, as I mentioned, you know, he's done a lot of the Hasbro properties for IDW. A lot of the examples he gives is some really killer uh, G.I. Joe stuff. Right. That Serpentor is awesome. Mm-hmm. That Baroness with the uh, hyena fully colored out is pretty awesome, too. Right. I thought the uh, the hyena, wasn't the hyena uh, Ravage from Transformers? No. Again, I'm looking at this. You're talking about the fully colored Baroness thing, right? Right. I got mistaken. I might be thinking of two different things. Because there's a Baroness there with Destro that's not colored underneath the Boba Fett. Oh, yeah, yeah, you are correct. That is Ravage. Holy cow. I clicked on the full image. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's a little Transformers G.I. Joker. Yeah, I, I, that's why I was like, because uh, when I said that, I was like, I'm 90% sure because I remember it. But then I was like, or is he maybe talking about the Death uh, uh, Destro Baroness picture? But I was like, no, I'm 90% sure. And I do like, I'm, I'm trying to remember because you're a Sinestro guy more than me. There was that, is that Sinestro as like Parallax? In the in the in the main tweet, maybe not. I'm That's looking. What, it looks like it to me. It certainly does. Was he ever? Did he ever have the you know the parallax entity inside him? The way how? Yes. That's what I'm guessing that is, and I really like that. Didn't he? And again, I haven't read the John stuff in a while. Oh. But didn't Sinestro originally have the parallax entity inside of him? And that and like when. Hal killed Sinestro during uh, 92 Emerald Night or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, Parallax entity possessed Hal after Sinestro was killed. I believe so, but I can't check because my box set fell apart. <laughs> ah, oh my goodness. 
but yeah, so. So, uh, yeah, if you uh, are an artist, know an artist, have art that you're doing, or something like what Jeremy did, let us know to kind of help signal boost these sort of things. Uh, you know, I'm always, you know, cool checking out art. You know, I know we have a lot of people who listen to the show and are on the show that are big original art folks. So, uh, yeah, you know, check all that out at your leisure. Yep. So I think that's everything for the main show. We're going to get into the discussion of the latest episode of The Mandalorian, eh? Yes, we are. All right. So if you're not a Mandalorian person, you haven't watched the episode yet, we bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to episode 529, Longbox Heroes. And we're just going to take a beat here to get into our Mandalorian stuff. Okay. Uh, so the Mandalorian is still on his mission to try to find more like him on his quest to return, uh, the child to his people. And in Mm -hmm. this episode, it's the first time that he says the Jedi, or at least the first time this season, right? I believe so. That he actually speaks the words, the Jedi. Mm Mm-hmm. So he then uh, goes to what would be a fish town, if you will, and I don't mean the suburb of Philly, um, but you have a lot of your Mon Calamari types, your squid head types, and I'm very saddened in myself that I don't know the names of those specific, like the uh, the genus and species of those <laughs> fish head, t- or the, the squid head type people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are a cool effect. They had a bunch of them in this episode, and you got to see them do a bunch of cool, like... Uh, I thought the I thought the effects on the squid people were really neat. Oh, I thought you were going to complain about them. No, I thought they were cool. Because um, te- technically, wouldn't their tentacles be beards, and so that's facial hair slash wigs? So I don't know where you stand on. Yeah, I stand on the side of uh, pro tentacle. So uh, he he abo- he boards a fishing ship. They're going to take him to some folks like him. Um, but if only there was a Mon Calamari there to tell him what was really going on, Todd, because it's a trap. It was a trap. Uh, they push the baby Yoda into like some sort of weird monster that they have on their ship that they're going to feed. Uh, Mandalorian goes in after it. They close him up. And then not one, not two, but three Boba Fett's come to save him. <sighs> Two Lady Boba Fetts and one Man Boba Fett. Right, and one of them is a Battlestar Galactica, and the other one is a Sasha Banks. Right, I'm, I am I guess, whatever. I was more thinking about Starbuck Mandalorian, so... Well, that's what I mean, Starbuck. She was a Battlestar Galactica. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm Team Starbuck, not Team the boss yeah see you know her catchphrase right of the bossalorian yeah the bossalorian but yeah sasha banks is a boba fett now right um so they show up they have the armor they rescue mando and then they immediately take off their helmets and he freaks out yep because that is not the way right but little does he know that it is the way because it's just that he's kind of set in his old ways, and this is the new funky way that the Mandalorians do things. Right, or it was he was raised by an extremist sect of Mandalorians. Yeah. And he doesn't really know about the other ones, so they're like, we could take our helmets off anytime we want. And he's like, and I, I can imagine, like, the whole time I could have done 
this the whole time I could have shown this pretty face. So, but. so uh, they will assist him if he assists them uh, getting a cache of weapons off an Imperial cruiser. And then we get like a real cool fight heist scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, a bunch of stuffy guys in Imperial soldier costumes. Uh, them making fun of poor stormtroopers for not being able to shoot right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I liked this episode a lot. I thought it was really fun. Right. Um, the main commander on the ship was another Deadwood character. We had two with the two characters. I, I just like that I'm counting the Deadwood actors that are in all this. But uh, one of my favorite things that we, we didn't talk about is that they got when they got to this water planet or whatever, that when they were landing the ship. Um, like oh, was, I forgot to mention about the ship. The ship coming in, right? I don't know if you know this because the episode was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. So if you go, she ended up putting up a tweet and it's really cool that it's a shot for shot remake of her father's, the capsule from Apollo 13 dropping into the atmosphere. She just like did an homage to it. So when like this, the, the razor crest comes in, it's like coming in they show it from the same angle above dropping into the atmosphere. It bursts into flame and she, she puts them side by side and it's really cool. But then I land where they're like the, the, the guy, the Harbor master's like, you're coming in too hot. He's like, I'm working on it. <laughs> and then finally he's like, Oh, we're just about to hover. And then it flops in the water and they bring a crane at at Joe out to get it out of the water, which I, I laughed at. I'm glad that at ats are still getting work. You know, uh, and I do find it charming of what a big piece of junk uh, Mando's ship is. Um, now because it got beat up, I like the fact when he gave it to the when he gave it to the Admiral Akbar's people, he's like, "I paid you a lot of money," and basically they just like took you know pieces of metal and duct taped it to the side of the the Razor Crest, so looked pretty good. Ugh. They use like nets to prop things up. Ugh. And then there was some weird creature that Baby Yoda ate. Because, of course, that's all Baby Yoda does is eat weird creatures. All right. Now, I have to ask you, Joe, because it's our favorite time of, you know, Mandalorian talk, is was there too little Baby Yoda, too much Baby Yoda, or just the right amount of Baby Yoda? I think after the last episode where he was on an egg-eating frenzy, <laughs> we had a lot of good callbacks. Mm-hmm. To him longingly looking at eggs to eat. Right. So I feel as though this was the perfect amount of Baby Yoda. I was worried he was going to eat the tadpole at one point. I think once Baby Yoda saw something hatch out of the eggs, I could only hope that it changed his mind about eating them. Oh. But we'll have to wait for the next episode. Right. And I did like, because it's a small thing from the first episode, when they go to see uh, John Leguizamo to get information about Mandalorians and they go to the, to the, the uh, Gamorrean MMA fight. Yes. That when trouble starts, baby Yoda knows to close the, 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 the little baby pram, the hover pram. Yes. So when he fell into the water, uh, baby Yoda's like, Oh, there's trouble. He closes it. And that's why he doesn't drown and die inside the, the big, whatever's in the thing. So it, it actually seems like they're, they're like, you know, thinking out, Little stuff, which they d- don't have to, but it makes the show, you know, for a Disney show, a little smarter, which I like, if that makes any sense. For sure. So, but 
also, like we said, we're probably going to see more of these, uh, of uh, the Bossalorian and uh, Starbuck Mandalorian because they want him to join them so she can go get her dark saber back off of the whatever guy that's that's in the Empire. So I don't know. I feel all this dovetailing back in, so I'm good with it. Right. I think um, Sasha Banks Boba Fett is on for maybe at least two or three episodes. I don't look. I don't look at the, at the the IMDb's and stuff. Well, unfortunately, it's tough to avoid when it crosses over in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, I find it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, Todd, that's the difference between you and I. If Roblox Twitter starts talking about this, then I'm sunk. There's no way I could avoid it. <laughs> I'm, Roadblock is he a GI Joe character? No, that's that's what I always say to my kid. But Roblox. Is the the game that my kid plays? Oh, it's a bunch okay. of like, like you could like go and like make your own game for free as a developer on there, and then like other little kids play them, right? And then they steal all the money from you. Well, no, they don't steal the money from you. You could pay and all these other things, but it's like a big platforming thing. It's kind of competing with Fortnite. Do you know what Fortnite is? Um, yeah, it's when you have a big castle in the night no but like we're off the subject here the show's gonna be wrapping up here shortly (laughs) but like Fortnite is like the big free online like with in-game purchases thing that everyone plays right and then you do the dance when you win right there you go so you do know what i'm talking about yeah i just like upsetting you by doing terrible terrible jokes (laughs) right so roblox is like the competitor Okay. And two years ago, I think, like, Roblox was number one. <laughs> and the thing that both of them are doing, Roblox and Fortnite, mm-hmm. is is having concerts in the game. Like, we're going to reach out to so-and-so, okay? And on this day, at this time, their avatars are going to be in the game performing a concert. But it's actually going to be them, this person or this band, performing it through their avatars, right? Oh, nice. So this is the new hook that Fortnite and Roblox are doing to each other. My kid, Fortnite, he's just getting back into. Roblox, he's been very much into. And uh, I follow a few Fortnite or uh, Roblox people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. One, just so I can uh, like tell my son, it's like, oh, hey, a new thing is coming up, or this happened, or that happened, or whatever it is. But also, uh, just to make sure that they're not bad people. No, I get you. Okay. And I just say Roblox should be happy being number two, Joe. Yeah, listen. No, 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 no target on your back when you become number one. What was Roblox number one for? Like two months in a row? No, they were number one for a couple of years, and oh, then like okay. Fortnite came in, and then Fortnite um, <laughs> over this summer did a gimmick where like you can, um, like you know it's in-game purchases, right? And they have their currency, okay. Mm-hmm. But because you play this on multiple platforms, everything from your iPad, to your Switch, to your PS, whatever, to your PC or your whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You could buy the Fortnite currency through those platforms. Okay. Like, I could buy it directly from Fortnite, or I could go through the Apple Store 
and buy Fortnite money there. <laughs> okay, I don't know if you see where I'm going with this. No, I don't. Is it like Itchy and Scratchy Bucks? It's it's similar, but less fun. Okay. Um, so over the summer, Fortnite said, hey, um, I know 20, like 20 bucks will get you 23 Robux or 23,000 Robux if you buy it. But if you buy it directly from us, we'll give you like double. <gasps> and I think maybe within an hour... Apple deplatformed them and took the game off all of their systems. Wow. Because <laughs> they were trying to cut out, you know, the services that they were on, right? You know, because you could buy it through Roblox, you know, uh, Fortnite, sure. But you could also buy it through this, however you're using it, they get a cut. But by mm -hmm. undercutting them, they don't get a cut. And like, it was literally an hour. That they it went live and Apple's like, uh-uh, we're not even gonna give you a chance to explain yourself. We're just deplatforming your game until you fix this. Oh boy. <laughs> when did when did games become a business, Joe? Oh my goodness. Since the yen shortage in nineteen eighty when Pac-Man came out. Oh. That was the day. Up until then it was just pachinko machines and pinball games. Right. May I I wanna say Pong started it all, but that's just my Pong was big, but it didn't cause a shortage of the currency in the country where it originated. Ah, okay. All right, so that's enough of this show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for bearing with us this week. Uh, for Todd, this is Joe, closing out episode 529 of Longbox Heroes, and we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boop! You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.